0: Hello, and welcome to Metachemistry. This is episode 68, and today we're going to talk about our experiences at Salt Lake Showdown, uh, that you know, the larger regional events, one of the Infinity Satellite events that we all were lucky enough to attend recently, and figured that after getting a chance to talk to Rob Paul, the winner in our last episode, uh, we figured We'd take a chance to kind of talk about you know, what we thought of the event in particular, and especially now that we have everybody back and available. But before we get started, uh, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mo Games. And Mo Games is an online supplier of Infinity, and you can find them at mo-games.com. And as part of their sponsorship of our show, all of our patrons, regardless of level, get a 10% discount code to the store. And we also raffle off a $40 coupon code every month uh, for people that are just part of the Discord. So just by joining, hanging out, participating, you get entered to win for that gift card raffling. Because what's better than games? Mo games. And so for this episode, we have everybody on board, Azoka, Ian, and myself. And uh, Ian, how have things been going for you lately? What has been your uh, wind down or maybe not winding down from SLS a few weeks ago?
1: Uh, So we've been doing, uh, we have a Blood Bowl league that's been ongoing. Uh, We're getting into the final stretch on that. Uh, We just finished the regular season. We're going to start the playoffs. So that's kind of where some of the energy is going. Uh, We're also still waiting on official announcement of the missions for the Krug coming up in August. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Now they're going (laughs) with a um, kind of a a nice retro theme uh, because, uh, funny thing, the uh, organizers kind of agree with us with a lot of the weird tournament rules that keep getting put into ITS and bloating it out, not being a thing that they want to mess with. So, they're looking at uh, doing a slate of missions from older seasons that don't have any of like the weird extra stuff like, you know, the the terrain zones or the um, free models or any of that kind of stuff. So uh, while we're bouncing around some ideas, while we're waiting on those to be announced, hopefully that'll be very soon. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at uh, in the world of gaming and Infinity uh, for the moment. Also very nice. Diablo four came out and it's just sucking the soul out of my <laughs> life right now. It's very fun. Yeah.
0: Plenty of that going around. <laughs> and what about you? Zoka? How have things been in your
2: infinity and other gaming endeavors lately? Great. Uh, I finally got to play. Well, I'm also in the blood bowl league that Ian was just talking about. And I finally got to play one of our members, Tori in there. We'd never played in the previous league. So I was very excited to do that. Uh, very fun. It's been a blast. And as far as Infinity, uh, I was very happy to see Nick post up a uh, uh, kind of a a bounty board asking for uh, someone to play a game, and we played a game, and it was very fun. I played Shaz. I got to play Agent Dukash, and it was a good time. It was a blast. I liked it. Very cool. Yeah, sounds pretty sweet. How'd you like Dukash? I. Liked him quite a bit. He took out a car, Curry, so that's pretty cool. I put him in a Harris with a Guaylo HMG and one of the Ford Observer bots, mm-hmm. and playing with Nanoscreen is real weird. Real weird. Just being able to, like, put a model up on the edge of a board and be like, yeah, I got cover. I can, I can see everybody dropping in.
0: Yep. Being able to not care about placement nearly as much or just, you know, have so many more options available to you is pretty significant
2: it's very hard to mentally think about it in another way right because Mm -hmm. you're usually wanting to cut to hug cover constantly and now you don't have to it's just a complete juxtaposition of my normal (laughs) play style
3: yeah
0: yeah definitely super fun we'll glad you're getting to try new stuff so that's always fun what about you? Uh, for me, I have I was trying to get some games in with Starmada slash Vanilla O12, but leaning towards Starmada lately and leading up to SLS. And then after finding out very close to the event that I was able to go, I decided I wanted to switch back to Tunguska for the event. So I kind of went in practicing that way. And then uh, now that That's over. I've been playing more Star Mata, And so I've gotten a couple more games since then. And they've been they've been fun. And otherwise, uh, our local game store owner, Matt, big shout out to Matt. He was uh, kind enough to get me a copy of Star Wars Shatterpoint. So I've been playing some of that, gotten a handful of games in there. So that was really nice of him. Thank you, Matt. If you listen to this, what do you think? It has been a lot of fun. It's a very different kind of game. Uh, I've played one game of Crisis, Marvel Crisis Protocol, uh, and it's in the ballpark, but it's still distinct from that.
3: Okay. Uh, well, That's I good. really like it.
0: Yeah, it's, interesting it's really a interesting. Shot. Yeah, the units like are starters. all... Right? Same. So yeah, the units are very sticky. They like, Picking up models off the table doesn't really happen very often at all. Um, so everybody gets to do stuff, which is great. Um, you can't Alpha Strike somebody, and you have to go get objectives. You can't do any scoring without objectives. And it's too hard to knock people off the board to keep them from getting objectives that way. So cool. you, your attacks are more about like hindering your opponent than actually like, killing your opponent. So I think
3: that's pretty cool that everybody gets to do stuff all the time. But yeah, it's been good. But as far as uh, Salt Lake Showdown goes, um, we would just kind
0: of wanted to... Now, these results have been out since the weekend of uh, of the event. But as a refresher, Ian, would you mind kind of running through the breakdown of how the event went? I know you've pulled up some handy-dandy stats for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So it was a five-round event. And, uh, see, so they ended up being 61 players, and there was, uh, for the five missions, it was... Uh, so round one was firefight, round two was unmasking, followed by capture and protect, round four was countermeasures, and the final round was decapitation. So there was a, it was a little more uh, on the kill-heavy side... Uh, Though there was a few curveballs thrown in there with uh, countermeasures. So it was an interesting mix. And uh, yeah, it was quite the good event. So, yay. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It was a great time. It's the first time that I've been able to travel for an out-of-state event in probably the better part of six or eight years, I want to say. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I was really happy that uh, that Melissa and I were able to go and that you guys were there and lots of people that I don't get to hang out with very often. We got to do so. And that was really nice. But
2: yeah, yes. Yeah, so, it was a blast. Time. It was so much fun to see you guys there or and just playing your games was like. This is awesome. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah it, yeah, it was a lot of fun to see fun. a lot of people that you know we only get to see, you know, maybe two times a year, kind of thing. Because it'll mm-hmm. be it'll be like the Krug, or it'll be a showdown. Um, you know, if any of us are able to travel a little more often to hit like Armageddon or uh, you know up in Salem, or some of the, some of the other tournaments, it's not as um, feasible for most of us. But you know, we these are people that we enjoy hanging out with that we just get to see a handful of times a year. Yeah. It makes me want to do it more. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And
0: everyone was very, very nice. Um, Alan and the crew were able to host a very nice event. So thank you all for putting that on. It was a great time. We were happy to have
2: been there and uh, hopefully Absolutely. we can keep doing that. So that would be great. All right. 61 players. Also, that's, that's a good, healthy number. I was, when I saw that very happy. Mm-hmm
0: yeah like that's it's a pretty good turnout and i think that there was one one player that dropped to put down to 61 i think i think so so i think there wasn't it, you know people kind of stuck through the whole thing which is good so yeah so what we thought that we would do for tonight is just uh we don't want to go through every every order that was spent by any stretch would be much more time than we have but we kind of wanted to kind of take turns going around each of our missions. So luckily, we were all there, so we kind of all have something to contribute. Unlike most of the time when I kind of sit here and ask the questions about everybody's playing, everybody playing their games. <laughs> but yeah, so Ian, uh, like Ian had mentioned, uh, the first mission was firefight, and. Azoka, you want to kick that off and talk
2: a little bit about some
0: of the highlights from your game of Firefight? Oh, boy,
2: was Firefight phenomenal. So I got to play against Tim Chainsaw, which was just a joy. That man is a joy to be around. And I was bummed out that uh, I had lost against him. I guess not bummed out. I'm very happy for him and he's a very good player. But I had lost last year in Salt Lake Showdown. So I was gearing up for my revenge. And oh, boy, did I get it? It was a great game. And on top of that, we played on Ethan's uh, our Discord member Snowball. We played on his Sonic table, which visually, awesome. He left his iPad over there with the Sonic soundtrack playing. So it's all (laughs) like, you know, upbeat and high beats beats per minute and the like. So Tim and I are just having a good time jamming out to that playing on this table. And the table played very well. Very, very well. Probably the best out of all the tables that I played on at the tourney, which is really exciting to say for a custom table that is just has so much love put into it. Absolutely. But as far as the game, we played round one was firefight. So we played, uh, I was playing my Onyx and he was playing White Banner. I knew right away who his lieutenant was and I knew exactly how to take care of it, and the answer is Norkius or a Corsair. Let's start with the Corsair because it's free, right? Well, I drop it in, and then he successfully dodges in a robot to tie up the Corsair, and then don't really gain a whole lot of ground. But then it goes over to his turn, and he does the same. He drops in his Corsair, which also doesn't get to get a whole lot of work done. He tries to put it in a specific spot, And manages to survive just dropping in off of the lucky holograms. And then uh with the engagements that he wanted to take, he just lost each one, which was kind of crazy. He lost to Dr. Worm, he lost to kernel and I was like, okay, I I guess neither of us get these free orders. That's cool. So uh we got to do that, and then that was that was pretty early on, and then just moving forward, it was a lot of just pincer maneuvers he had made some mistakes on moving some of his troops to a certain spot on the table and such which looking back was definitely like a mistake and I, i was just able to pull it out and take the victory we did have a little rule discrepancy on dodging with some stealth and stuff with super jump uh which was unfortunate but we talked about it later words and had it gone the other way, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have affected the score too much. So it was a great game. And I love playing against him. <laughs> Very nice.
3: Yeah,
0: and what about you, Ian? How did your first round go?
1: Uh, so my first round um, was interesting. The table was fairly decent. It was um, kind of like a a lot of catwalks and stuff and, um, some different areas. Uh, my opponent, uh, rich newer player. He, uh, this is his first big tournament. So, uh, we kind of walked through some stuff on that and he went first. He was playing steel phalanx and he tried to, uh, come at me hard, which, um, I was playing foreign company, uh, which I've been doing for the last season. If, uh, people haven't, heard that yet, Um, so anyway he tried to come at me kind of hard but he was trying to rely a little too much on his um, mimetism minus 6 and my bolt sniper, yes it's only uh, MSV1, but with that and with marksmanship um, I I think he was kind of thinking it was more of a well I don't need to be in cover because of the marksmanship and the MSV but You know, you're still getting the damage reduction. But anyway, like, there were some pretty key uh, exchanges uh, on the one flank with that that um, went my way. And then he moved Achilles up uh, to try to take a position and put him into a suppression fire. And then uh, it switched to me, and the game just swung. This is, you know, my first turn. It swung super hard the other way because uh, I was able to move the uberfall up throw Eclipse around a corner in front of Achilles, move him in, dodge out of the Eclipse into base, and then activate and go to town, and uh, Achilles ended up taking two crits during that exchange and dying, and uh, he was a lieutenant, so then it was just kind of a mop-up of the rest of his specialists and things like that. So, oh, no. Um, yeah, so it, it was it was it was it was a bit of a, a a wash, but um he didn't do terrible. he got one point, I got seven, so it's not like I shut him out. um points remaining on the table um, he had ninety seven I had hundred and sixty eight so like he did do some damage to me, but I was able to just take out a lot of the key pieces that were gonna be able to score him points and preserve um my models. The stuff that he did kill was not stuff that would would get him points so uh, I was able to keep those hidden and preserve them, so uh, it went pretty solidly my way on that. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, win number one. Yes, uh, yeah, I ended up winning my first round as well.
0: So I played against Bacon, and he was a really nice guy. He was playing Invincible Army, and uh, I would say that the table was overall. Uh, pretty decent. It could have used some adjustments, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad um, in terms of I think there was a general trend for many of the tables, but not all of them to be on the open side of things, at least comparatively speaking, but that's something you kind of have to keep in mind as a possibility, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more. but yeah, so I was playing Tunguska and overall. I didn't have a lot of big guns in the list. Um, it was a lot more kind of <laughs> subterfuge tactics, and so I used that primarily, like the main main weapon that I had was a Grenzer sniper, which was able to pick off some heavy infantry as we went along. just because of how deployment worked, there were some places where I could get starting sight onto the core team before they activated, and so. There was some jockeying for position, trying to find ways to break members out of the team to avoid getting them all shot when this or that happened. And I think that kind of disrupted um, Bacon's first turn a little bit, but yeah, it did a good job going for objectives. I think that he had gotten a classified and one or two panel play open openings on the first turn which was really good. I kept laser focused on the objectives, which was great. Uh, And it was kind of funny because I wasn't doing a whole lot. I I didn't take very much damage to most of my forces because I go to straight up engagements very often. And I would kind of play kind of cagey and pull back uh, when I wasn't attacking. And so I think I still had 220 or 30 points on the board at the end of the game um so i ended up taking it on army points but i miscounted the panoply grabs so we tied on panoply grabs and then my corsair tried to kill the daoying lieutenant but failed uh they both i'd put two shotgun shells or two blast templates onto the daoying daoying passed them both shotgun came back killed the corsair then I you know, ran a puppet bot with a shotgun put three templates on the daoying daoying passes them all puppet fails a save No. <laughs> double template the daoying again and the daoying finally goes down but drops the puppet bot with him so it was just scrambling at the end oh no no it didn't actually die yeah because i didn't get lieutenant kills on that one i got army points and something else (laughs) i mean it's still
1: not great because like my corsair came in and squared on a flash pull spot and got stunned and then yep. he moved forward and squared on a flash pull spot and got stunned. Yeah. And then he moved forward and he shotgunned the flash pull spot and got <laughs> stunned and the flash pull, <laughs> pull spot survived. So. Oh, that's so funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Microsoft didn't do anything but take an extra order to go die. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. Is what it is. But yeah, it was it was a good game. It He definitely put pressure on me early to start working on objectives. Um, but that's I good. think
3: it was I think it was that he didn't get um I ended up getting more more
0: specialists and army points and I got a couple classifieds but I didn't get more lieutenant kills and he had gotten a lieutenant kill for those two points so I think it was 7-2 on the first round but yeah it was it was a good game, and it was hard to punch through that armor sometimes. Harder than I would expect for being Armor 3 models. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes,
2: sometimes that's game enough. 2 will have a uh, similar discussion topic. Hmm. Talk about uh, discussion topics. You might notice that we were mentioning a lot about the tables, and there is a reason. Ian, would you like to elaborate on why that is?
1: Well, since we're going to go there, let's talk about round 2. Round 2 okay. is unmasking. And um, I got to play an absolutely wonderful gentleman by name of Zico uh, from down in, I believe, uh, the Phoenix area. Um, and he was playing vanilla nomads. And uh, I won initiative. I was going first. I deployed first. He counter deployed. And, yeah, this did not go my way because uh, he counter deployed with two... Uh, TR-HMG bots and a Sin Eater HMG. And between the three of them, they could see about 70% of the board. And almost every order I spent, at least two of them were going to be able to fire on whatever I did. So, uh, it was rough. Uh, He beat me 10-1. He... Uh at the end I had 113 points. He had 265 left. And this is with me doing everything I can to like coordinate orders to take out just one bot I didn't take out any of the three. Uh it was brutal. And it didn't help that he crit me at least once in pretty much every exchange. Uh yes. yeah, so, but again, dice Dice's dice that happens. Um he was a wonderful opponent. Uh there was a lot of uh give and take in the game. Um, he's he very laid back about things. Um, and in fact, there was stuff I would do things and he'd point out, uh, an error opportunity, um, that he would receive and be, do you want to walk that back? And so oh, I really appreciated that. So there was a couple, you know, things, you know, it, it was very reciprocal because he was so cool about things and, and, you know, letting, letting you walk stuff back. If it wasn't, you know, was going to be a bad choice that, absolutely like that that was just probably one of the better even though the game went very much against me it was probably one of the better opponents that i i've had at a tournament just because of how uh cool he was with with everything and again this isn't me going hey uh kind of walk this back it's him going hey i'm seeing this if you don't want to do that you can take it back kind of thing and i think that's just a really cool way to approach it um but then he went ahead and um like, like he just put it to me and he got the full 10 points. I had to work as hard as I could just to get a single point for getting a decoy. Um, so I said, yeah, the table was very, very rough. He had the perfect list to put up on it against me.
2: That's crazy. So really just an open table and a bunch of total reaction was enough to put you down yeah
0: and i mean i know that there is there are still in some circles kind of a a consensus of sorts that tr bots are kind of noob stomper tools almost where they they really don't work on skilled players anymore but i find that the good counters to those things don't show up in people's lists nearly as often anymore like Oh, yeah. If you just bring a, you know, a memetism six sniper and pop it out a good range with surprise attack, it can't even shoot back at you. That
1: I don't have access to.
0: <laughs> well, a right. Smoke, right, There's that.
1: But I have one model with that and I used it. Or, you know, yeah, it's like I had the tools, but they're in such limited amounts in the faction I was playing in Foreign Company that it was very hard to counter it with the combination of three such models. Right. And the open a table. I did. I had, a, I had a bolt sniper. Yeah, and, and he just did. got out. No. Nah. Yep. yep. Okay. I, I, tried what I could, but it just it, it happened. But yeah, it's just kind of
0: interesting because, like I said, a lot of times those are just seen as things that mostly just work on newer players or less experienced players. But they certainly have a place and can do
1: mm-hmm. some
0: good work. Now, the and, table obviously leaned into that, but even without, I yeah. think that there's still certainly threats. Yeah. yeah and
1: uh, Zico placed very well. He came in, uh, I Third? believe, uh, fourth, actually. Fourth, yeah. Uh, yeah. He came in, I think, fourth in the whole tournament. So he did very well, um, if that says anything about his skill as a player. Yeah. I find
2: the TR bots or types of profiles have a reverse bell curve where, you know, they start really, really good against newer players and then against mid, like bid. Or as a newer player, they can really work for you playing against newer players, right? And then at like a mid level, like a pretty good level, they're less good because people have figured out how to either avoid them, cautious move or smoke, whatever. And then they get right. They come back up to skill up to height whenever you know how to like. Now I can position them in a good spot, you know, by spending orders on them instead of just not spending orders on them like I had done before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but so for mine, uh, game two to kind of touch base on the armor three being the bane of bane of existence, <laughs> I played against Sudonymster, who is Clint. Both pseudonymster and Chainsaw are members or the hosts of uh, our lovely show, Tabletop Throwdown. They show up on Thursdays to do their Twitch stream, and I've played on there a couple of times and watched a couple of times. It's awesome. It's generally great. So I got to play the suite of hosts. And I was like, if I can beat him, that'd be nice. Just prove who's better. You know, the better. uh... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But so in our game, he was playing Bakunin. And I was excited because the new Bakunin is very cool, very enticing. And he set up and he's playing Wabara. Which is pretty cool because people didn't like Wabara. And I'm like, awesome. This is cool. You're playing a Harris with Wabara and uh, HMG um, Moira along with a, cust- a custodier. And I was thinking, this is great. This is cool. You know, he's got all of his cool stuff. And I kind of put up some AROs. We played on the table that I had set up. And I noticed some issues that I could improve on. But reaffirming some of the stuff that i had initially set it up to prevent uh which is making a lane where somebody can go in without having to deal with long range AROs, and that worked out and it was good so we play our game and i post up my AROs, and he walks through and generally doesn't get that much room like he puts a wound on the suriat hrl but doesn't get much more distance so because i get to drop the Suryat, he Thankfully, he passed his religious role, Uh, so he drops down to go prone, and then I pull up my turn, and I just start shooting him. I shoot him with plasma, I shoot him with heavy rocket launcher, I shoot him with an HMG, I am shooting him with all this stuff, and I just can't make any headway. I spend my whole first turn orders on trying to clear out Wabara and the Moira, which I do end up doing, and that was great. And then we kind of progress through the game, and it's a lot more of that, s- that same interactions. So he's moving forward on his turns and capturing the consoles along with marking, uh, marking the HVTs for killing, which he does so with, like, uh, the Chimera and that group of furries. So... Uh, I can't gain any ground because I can't kill anything. And he's got a Sin Eater watching a certain valley or a certain, like, lane, right? So I end up finding out later on something to learn from it is, you know, go back to what uh, Paul Nike says. Just go the other way. I didn't have to engage with the Sin Eater. I didn't have to spend seven orders trying to get rid of it. I could have just spent those seven seven orders on winning the game instead, which (laughs) we looked at it and I was like, yeah, totally could," but I didn't. So I was very glad to take something away as a learning opportunity from that game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, I mean, in some ways, that's kind of the fun part, right? Is being able to go pew pew with your army men, but that doesn't always work and it doesn't Mm -hmm. always matter for objectives. Um, so for my round of unmasking we ended up playing on one of the older style uh, pre-painted hex mill boards uh, which with some scatter they're good but without scatter they are rough this one did have scatter one later on did not really have scatter uh, but yeah i played kiboshed, Uh and also if you're listening. Thanks, Kaibosh, for supporting the show. He also told me while we were there that he uh, joined up on our Patreon list to help us out. So that's awesome. Thank you. And I think I, I ended up winning that game. But I think a lot of it was that uh, that he was kind of still coming to grips with with the faction he was playing. He was playing Spiral Core. And I think he had originally signed up as Toha, if I recall, and kind of backpedaled and hasn't really been playing a lot lately. So I think that when a couple things didn't go according to plan, I think that that ended up being sort of rattling and just kind of led to more rash decisions. And I think that's really what ended up kind of letting the game kind of fall out of control a little bit because uh, he wasn't able to he got one or two consoles, but wasn't able to actually drop any HVTs. And there was we talked about it after the game, like we like, oh hey, if if this impersonator went over here, yeah, you might lose them, but you're almost guaranteed to kill this HVT here once you revealed it. And over here, yeah, you I know you ended up going this way, but what do you think about running over this direction and trying this thing out? And so we kind of bounced some ideas back and forth, and I think that helped. But I know that there was a little bit of frustration in the interim, and that it's hard. Like once you start getting in that mindset, and i've I've had that happen plenty of times, where if things start to, you know, just kind of shake up a little bit, it can be difficult to get out of that, and making decisions while in that state tends to make things worse. And I mean, You don't always have the luxury of time with that, (laughs) but yeah, it was, it was a good game. Uh, I felt bad that it had been a little bit of a frustrating experience, but I think, I think things came across as being a little bit better after we talked things out. Um, So yeah, it was, it was still a good game overall, but I think that that helped with maybe some, some things that he was learning, you know, still, you know, working on lists again, playing with that faction again. And just kind of getting back into the swing of things, which can be very difficult, you know, out of the blue. I don't think he had gotten really many, any games leading up to the event, which can, you know, just make things a little bit tricky, like not having that, uh, that previous, you know, immediate experience. Cause infinity is one of those games where (laughs) you can lose a lot by not playing for a period
2: of time. Absolutely. And really, I suggest to everybody, including us, play as much as you can going up to the tourney because it really helps,
3: yeah, absolutely, and yeah, yeah, I think that it was it was still a good game,
0: but yeah, I think that it was just a little a little bit of a frustration there for a bit, but yeah, I think that then we moved on to. <laughs> The mission where almost everyone tied (laughs) capture and protect. (laughs) There were so many tie games during this mission because of, you know, if you can't get to the other person's beacon, it's real hard to score anything. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your capture and protect mission.
1: Ian, how did that go for you? Uh, It was interesting, actually. So, um, Round three with Capture and Protect, I ended up matched up against Melissa, uh, Devon's partner. And contrary to what she may think at times, she's actually a pretty good player. And How this game went was uh, I won initiative, I'm going first, I deploy first, she counter-deploys, and good God, I'm looking at two Choxa (laughs) Neurosynetic models with HMGs posted up in the corners. I'm just like, oh, I just dealt with this. Am I really dealing with this again? (laughs) Okay, but now there's also this whole string of camo markers in the midfield because of the gows and whatever other nonsense. So... I'm like, oh, God, I just don't want to deal with these things. Like, this is just not looking like it's, you know, it's, it, it's already looking like a little bit of an uphill battle just with the setup. Uh, the table was actually fairly decent. Um, decent cover on both sides. Uh, de- you know, fire lanes weren't too egregious. So that that at least was kind of going in my favor. But I was able to move up uh, my Pathfinder sensor, reveal all the, the camo guys, And then just roll Uberfall commandos through them, which I lost them, but it was worth it because it just took out all the midfield presence. Uh, But again, this was, we went the full three turns uh, pretty much, but it was a situation where uh, I ended up winning the game four to zero because I had my classified and was able to grab the objective last turn. That said, victory point-wise, it was... Uh, I had 222 points left. Melissa had zero. And while that sounds like, oh, I just rolled over her, I did not. I <laughs> She forced me to table her. She dug in so hard around that objective. There's like a wall that kind of ran in front of it. She put like five guys prone right behind that wall. So I had to come over the wall and and deal with them in order to just even get a guy onto the objective. Like, I literally had to kill every single model just so I could score some points. It was kind of intense because <laughs> it was not expecting to deal with that level of just dug-in defense. Um, but I, I think with the me taking out the midfield presence and then kind of taking out the, the Chaxes, it was um she she kind of gave up on the trying to move forward to grab objectives and just settled into the i'm going to try to make this as hard as possible for you to be able to get points and honestly i mean it did i had i had to spend to my very it was even my very last <laughs> order in my pool in the third turn for me to jump on the objective that's how hard she dug in and made me dig her out so that is her specialty yeah, it was. It said, and it was a good game. I think everybody had a decent time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those like, wow, okay, <laughs> like this this was a lot more <laughs> effort than I kind of expected, um, which is so awesome. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, she's she's told me that her favorite thing about Infinity is killing people in
3: Arrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> her lists certainly speak to that
2: that yeah. mantra. That's great.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. How about you, Azoka? What did uh, uh, what did Cap and Protect look like for
2: you? Oh, oh. <laughs> it was a fight. It was a fight and a half. Although, okay. So I played Shivan Range, who is Don. He's from Wyoming. We play a lot of games, and he's I, I really like the guy. I like playing games with him. Um, generally speaking, so we, and he's a very good player. <laughs> he's a very good player. Yeah. He every time we play, it's like. A run for my money right yeah. and that's good i love that yeah um so we play our game we set up and he is playing vanilla nomads so you know got the general things except he does bring uh, a really cool lieutenant in kusanagi so that was exciting to see granted she didn't have a spitfire she just had a multi-rifle but still a great profile so the game was On a very open table, I plopped up my overdrawn, and he was able to see like 70% of the board. It's bad. It was really bad. And then I also had a Surya HRL able to see a lot. So it was a very open board. Situation and Don got unlucky on a lot of things, so I move up one side of the board with the link team and I take out some of the puppets and just kind of establish a good position. That's really all all I could do on the table because it's just so so open and everything can see everything right. And he brings out Kus- Kusanagi and an intruder to kind of deal with these AROS. So the intruder does deal with the overdrawn really well because smoke and MSV will absolutely do that. And Kusanagi tries to deal with the Suryat, but Kusanagi unfortunately just didn't didn't succeed. Like this, that Suryat was tanking everything. It was it was really bad for you know for him, and there were a lot of engagements that that happened. It wasn't just like one time he lost that and then, you know, lost a little bit of forward momentum. It happened pretty often. So not only was I doing relatively well with dice and some decisions here and there, the game, the, the mission is just so hard to score on because I was doing well, right? But the table was open and the objectives out there in the open and I'm just not killing everything to get there. So I could, I could barely squeeze out three points, and that was really hard. Um, a lot of respect, to, to Don deciding to go second. I chose deployment, and I gave him the bad choice of choosing first or going second on a mission that vastly uh, rewards going second, and he chose to go second. So, yeah, he definitely didn't do bad with it yeah yeah it's a tough position to be in but i agree
0: like going second is very significant in capture and protect but yeah i ended up uh playing jaeger and we got a chance to play on snowball's sweet sonic table so that was cool and yeah it's it was a really interesting game uh both of us were kind of commenting on just how well dug in each other's forces were, and you know we kept sending out pieces to try and cross the gap to get to the beacon. And I think throughout the entire game, neither of us were even able to get into base contact with the other's beacon. Like, we we just gunned down or hacked or mines exploded or whatever it was like kept both of us off the objectives the entire game uh so there there was basically no scoring to be had there but it was it was really closely fought we both were on the cusp of getting points and you know things just would take a turn and like oh you know lost that face to face or oh didn't make this dodge that i needed to get over here or whatever the case may be. So we both ended up getting the point for not having our beacons captured and the one classified. And that's what we did. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was a crazy game. Um, Jaeger was playing a. Uh, an invincible army list with three. Three Jing. Maybe four, maybe it was all four, but at oh, least three. Oh, the guys. Yeah. The exploding drop troops. So that was, that was fun. Uh, it didn't feel like it at the time, but he had told me that like, Oh yeah, it was really hard to decide where to go, where I could drop this or that. Cause I felt like I couldn't land anywhere in any safety. And meanwhile I'm here like, you know, streaming tears inside of a building. Like please don't <laughs> let them land on me with my, you know, my squishy armor one hackers and my armor zero remotes. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was really good. We had a great time. And, you know, uh, by this point I had won the first two games and we both tied. So we we, and that's the position we were both in. And so we we're talking about it. You're like, you know, this was a really good game. I had a lot of fun. Now we can just kind of coast day two. Like we know we're not going to be at top tables, so we can just kind of relax from here. <laughs> like, Yeah, definitely. So yeah, it was, it was nice. It was a really good time. That's awesome. But yeah, and so that ended up being the conclusion of the first day of games. So that would have been a Friday. And coming into Saturday, we had the second two rounds, starting with countermeasures. And so Ian, talk to me about your game of
1: countermeasures. So countermeasures is interesting. Um, I built a list specifically for countermeasures, uh, which... For the record, I managed to squeeze twenty usable orders into a foreign <laughs> company list for countermeasures. A lot of orders. Right. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Um. So anyway, uh, I ended up playing against Lee. Uh, Lee is just a delightful human. He is just so sweet. Um, mm-hmm. and he was playing uh, Shazvasti, and. The table we ended up on was a really cool concept table. It was like this custom built um, like wooden foam and it had like these like like channels for like a like a stream and stuff that carved into it and it's like, like visually it was a really cool table. Gameplay wise, oh my, it was so open. Um, it was it was rough. So anyway, um, I win the initiative roll. I decided to go first he picks deployment. He gives me the better side. And by better side, I mean, I had a shipping container kind of at the edge of the deployment zone that I could actually hide things behind. That's what I mean by better side. It was that kind of open. (laughs) Um, so, you know, he counter deploys, he has a lot of, you know, Shazvasti stuff, um, doing Shazvasti things. (laughs) Um, but he tried to get his, um, speculo into my deployment zone, and unfortunately he failed the roll. And so I go, and I end up uh, moving up and taking a bunch of objectives um, and accomplishing them, and, you know, I do like some of the counterplay and countermeasures of being able to, like, discard objectives, um, which, if you do that tactically, you can kind of be like, I'm not going to be able to get this one, so I want to get rid of it and maybe get a better one, or, hey, this one's going to be real easy for you to do next turn, so let me just... Get rid of that. to Make it harder for you. Um, so I said, there's some pretty cool count, uh, counterplay with that that you can do. Um, so we were both doing that, and I was, you know, just kind of taking charge of the objectives and just reminding, hey, do you want to discard any, you know, kind of thing. So we go. Um, I move up my repeater network. I start censoring stuff. I start, you know, just like revealing things and just kind of mowing them down. Uh, Uberfall moves up, takes out a. Uh, a Speculo and something else, and then uh, he puts Sheskin into them and eats them and uh, gets her up to, like, you know, what, three wounds or whatever. and then. But he spent time doing that and not doing objectives. So it was kind of a... Like, I took out a couple things, but it was also like, you know, this is okay by me. Uh, Moves up, tries to do some stuff. I take her down uh, because I was able to target her, uh, things like that. Um, He had a Sphinx. The Sphinx ended up being doing nothing in the game because it ended up in this little gap in between like three repeaters. <laughs> so <if> he <laughs> he couldn't move it. He just couldn't move it without um, me being able to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, yeah, he also had, uh, what's the, uh, the drop trooping, uh, drop trooper, uh, Katniss. Yeah. He had that. And I threw the, uh, the control jump on it and it just he failed that so it's it just didn't go his way but it was a very solid uh game overall i think um he had a a good time like learning a lot of stuff with um how his army functions because we wa- talked about a lot so it ended up winning a nine to one uh 290 vp to 127 um i did not take hardly any losses um but yeah it was Interesting game. I think the table, um, I definitely got the better side of the table. I think it was very, very rough for him to, um, to stand up against me with, uh, how kind of open the deployment zone he got was. Yeah. It sounds like most of the weapons were kind of shorter range that were available. Yeah. And I'm, and I was running, uh, you know, like a sniper and, uh, marksman rifles and a few things like that. So yeah, yeah, dude, that, you told me
2: four profiles that he used mm-hmm. and that's 200 points. <laughs>
1: yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I mean he he took the some of the cheaper stuff too to fill it out but like he did, yeah. it wasn't like a like a limited insertion list by any means. But yes. Uh he did take a lot of the fun fun expensive toys.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well. Cool. Or uh cool. for my version of countermeasures, it's I played against Matt, who is from Maine, and he is uh, his ITS handle is Jello. What a joy. What a joy. I don't even remember the game that much, as much as it was a joy to play him. I he's think so much fun. He's great. So great. He as he as we were setting up, we were kind of talking about what he was playing and he was playing Hawk Islam. Um And he kind of mentioned some things about having a. Maggie. And I was like, I think you might be playing the Maggie in countermeasures. That's awful bold of you, but I think you might be doing it (laughs) totally. He totally did it. And so it was he got unfortunate in engagements versus the overdrawn where the Maggie was just outside of 32 inches. So he didn't he lost a couple of face to faces versus an overdrawn So. Ended up not playing that with that too much. Uh, I pulled Predator, and every time you pull Predator with Norceus, you are happy inside, so you get the extra points, and did that. Um, and overall, it was just we just did countermeasure things. Yeah,
1: yeah, I. Um- we actually thought we were going to play each other because uh, we were kind of next to each other in rankings. But with, yeah. uh, I think, the person that dropped or somebody is going to play somebody they already played kind of thing, uh, it shifted just enough so we didn't. Uh, but when we thought we were, he was joking. He's like, about uh, my Desperados. Because last year at Krug, uh, I had a six-point Desperado kill, like, 200 points of his Shock Army. Um, and so he was like, "But wow. I said, well, if we end up playing, I'm going to introduce you to Uberfall Commando. And he just got yeah. this look on his face like, oh no. So uh you know, I'm glad he got to play you though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I try to remember exactly who he was what f- the, what flavor of Hawk Islam he was playing, because he did have a link team. Oh
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, been Rama.
1: Yeah, then he was playing Rama.
0: Yeah, because they're the only they're the only ones that have the Magariba.
1: Oh no 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 he was not. He was playing Dashat. Oh, Never yep. yeah if it wasn't he do was that. one of the <laughs> other he was one of the other na2 players at the tournament um because we were looking at each other like who's going to come out on top for like best na2 the player and yeah. uh yeah no he was playing dasha and that's why yeah i distinctly remember that <laughs> nice
0: yeah i ended up playing t-pain and he was playing oss of which very familiar with how oss works um And it was a very open table as well. Um, It was one of the pre-painted hexagon mill tables, Uh, and it sounds like I'm saying that a lot, but it's because those were ones I recognized because they were produced locally. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, this one did not really have anything in terms of scatter terrain, which made it very, very difficult to find good places to hunker down (laughs) and so i was running up against a the a missile bot and a pure dakini team with the usual you know some copy dakinis and a sniper and heavy machine gun some post humans andromeda things like that and so the dakini team could see almost Anywhere they needed to. like I could hide behind a building. But as soon as I needed to make an advance. I'd be running into Dakini somewhere. Basically anywhere I went. Or the missile bot. And so I think that the only. The only model. That made it past the halfway point. In our game. Was my heckler. Who <laughs> starts
2: almost at the halfway mark.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah basically. <laughs> and
2: has a camo state.
0: So yeah exactly so i was able to drop a repeater to mess with the dakini a bit um but yeah and a lot of our objectives that we were drawing were hvt objectives Mm. and they were only they were all visible to the fire team all of them so (laughs) it was very difficult to get any points i think uh neither of us scored in the first round i scored one in the second round and he scored one in the second round. And then I scored one in the third round. And with his last order, he scored two in the last round. Well, he scored one in the last round. And then with his last order, he was able to score one more. I had a, I had a puppet master who was firing shots at Andromeda while she was trying to grab an HVT. And he just missed five unopposed shots. And I, oh, I really no, need no. you to shoot Andromeda, please.
2: It's just MIM3. Don't be that scared.
0: I know. So, yeah, like, I think that, so we scored, yeah, it was two classifieds to just barely three classifieds, which tilted the game. But yeah, like, basically, I guess Andromeda technically made it past the halfway point. She went far enough to get my HVT, which was probably like 26 inches away from his board edge. So...
3: (laughs) There you go. We
0: we were just kind of like stuck on our sides of the table because he had a lot of board coverage with the, uh, with the Dakini team. And I had a lot of close range defenses with koalas and mines and hacking and things that if you were to get near me, it would cause a lot of problems. So there was a lot of that where we were just kind of fighting tooth and nail to try and grab anything that we could. So... Yeah, yeah, it was a good game. Tony was Tony was very nice during the game. We had a great time and uh, yeah, it was it was a nail biter. We were like right there about to tie. And then the last order is able to grab one more objective and and cinch the game. So it was pretty awesome.
3: (laughs) Nice. All great. Go ahead. And,
0: And then we rounded out the day with decapitation, something, you know, fairly
2: straightforward, direct (laughs) you know? <laughs> easy to finish a five round tourney on exactly yeah. would so, you like to uh, do us the honors and and recap yours first before Ian and I can lay yes, on our experience <laughs> yeah I played Mr. Meyer and
0: uh, and he was great it was a really good game he was playing uh, Hassassin Baram which is not exactly the first thing you want to hear when you're playing Decapitation <laughs> so, yeah and I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. and, I'm, and I'm and uh, i I ended up deciding to take first turn because I won the initiative roll. I'm like, wait a minute, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> I'm gonna reserve my lieutenant. <laughs> Please stay away from me. <laughs> so I reserved the interventor, and yeah, he, it was a very dug in position. Uh, his lieutenant was a booktar. In a team with uh Muyib and something else. I wanna say Lisiq, maybe? I'm, I forget. But there was like a Muyib rocket launcher on top of a building, and it was in it was about four to six inches away from the back corner of his deployment zone, with a building crossing in front of it, and it was behind the building and yeah, it was just monstrous. I was looking at this and like this is exactly why I have a missile launcher for this. This is the moment. This is the hour. <laughs> so I managed to get the heckler. Heckler starts running through arrows and gets to drop his panda uh, with his dying breath. Gets it within about two inches of the Mukhtar, And I drops, drop the bombs on the Mukhtar to get rid of it and get the. Muyib as well, just to give me some clearance on the board and then i get the puppets to take down both designated targets and that was my top of one it felt like oh, I was wow that was i felt like i was on top of the world I'm like okay i've basically like if the game were to end I'd have max points like i've got all i've done all the things and then He counter punches and his turn was monstrous in return. And this is how the rest of the game would go, where he was just slaughtering everything that I had and vice versa. Like we were beating up on each other. We ended up tying on lieutenant kills barely because he was able to come get uh, the Interventor. And then Fiddler was able to come and kill my next lieutenant, and I was able to kill his next lieutenant, who was like a gulam gulam doctor in the backfield somewhere. And yeah, it was a tight game. I thought he was going to take it, uh, which was a very harrowing position to be in when I felt like my first turn was so strong. But I thought he had it, because I thought that he had army points on me. But when we looked at it, I had 20 more points on the table than he did it was it Ooh, was that is close. close yeah it was wild like, it was a great game we we were both feeling the tension you know wrapping up the tournament just to kind of you know this is kind of going to set up where we're at and yeah it was <laughs> it was kind of wild just for how close that ended up being because I got both designated targets and he got one designated target and we tied on Lieutenant kills and I got more army points, but only barely. So yeah, it was, it was really, really close. I think I had somewhere around 90 some odd points to him having low to mid seventies, something like that. Like it was on a razor's edge that game. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So yeah, a lot of fun though. It was was a great opponent.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Ian and I had the pleasure of playing each other in the final round. Again. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
1: Again. Yeah. It was, sure it, was, that. it was round four of Salt Lake us he was gonna be on top table last year. Um and you were playing the list you were playing last year, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so I knew your list. Uh you've played against my foreign company list that I was running, so we both knew what each other had. Um We knew each other's lists, we know yeah. how each other plays. Yeah, so we get to the table, and we dice off. I win the roll. Uh, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, 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 I'm taking first, because I'm just, that, that's, especially in a kill mission, like, that is just how I got to do it. I got to go first. Mm-hmm. Um. So then you take the table edge, and you look at it, and the table was a little open. Uh, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't super awesome either yeah it was Um, it was fine like how i feel about
2: that table is it seemed to cover lanes pretty well but that that rock really was hard for me to like wrap my head around there was just a rock on the side of the table that i had in my set of deployment and it's like how do we determine cover can people climb over it can they see over it it was just a lot of it
1: was very irregularly shaped um yes so but looking at the table um You know, you had me deploy first on one side, and and in reflection, looking at it, uh, I got the better side for deployment, but you got the better side for protecting your lieutenant. Yeah. Um, Because the way the buildings were structured and entrances and things, um, there was a building on his side where he could tuck his lieutenant in that I would have to come almost to his board edge to then enter the building to dig it out. And my side didn't have that, so it was harder to protect my lieutenant, but... I had uh, a little bit wider buildings and more options to deploy things effectively. Yeah. Uh, so I deploy, you counter deploy, and you know, and, and and it's off. So, ooh, uh, one
2: note on the deployment. I took a risky maneuver in trying to over infiltrate the grief operator. Yeah. Which I think would have had a good impact if I did do that, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, which was kind of the theme of like everyone trying to put stuff right at me didn't work out this tournament. So I'm like, that's good. Stay um, away. So yeah, so like from playing this list last year at, you know, the end of a tournament and dealing with stuff that he has, it's one of those things where I'm looking okay, I know like what I have to take out to prevent um him from being able to counter punch me. Because part of the reason that I, I lost last year is I was one order short from de growing his overdrawn. If that had happened, um, I think that that game would have gone an entirely different way. Um, but the fact that you were able to bring that thing back up, and then it was like my entire first turn basically meant nothing, and you were able to just push me off. So, uh, I was looking to avoid that, but man, you had like you counter-deployed that thing against my Bolt Sniper. So with the Albedo, it's like, crap, I can't do anything with it. So then I had to move my Orc Feuerbach up, um, which is not as favorable of a fight dice-wise, but I managed to knock out the Overdrawn unconscious. And this was like, okay, but he has Dockworm and he has the bots. So the Iguana Tag ends up rolling up a flank towards this rock that we mentioned—that's a little irregularly shaped—and um, I get up to a point where I can kind of see over it, and it's like, okay, I think I can see Doc Worm, and we're looking, at it and it's—it's it's super close. It could literally kind of go either way. It's so close that so we call the judge over. Um, judge rules oh, in my call favor. A judge. Yeah, just mm-hmm. call a judge. Um yep. You know, because least it, it, the conversation is, yeah, I think I can see him. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's call a judge. So. You know, it's always always a good idea on something, especially that close. It's going to matter because Doc Worm is the if he brings that overdrawn back up, I'm kind of screwed. Like the damage I think can put out, it's just not going to go well. So Judge rules in my favor on it. I take out Doc Worm. Uh, I end up so now he doesn't have the ability to do. To to bring up his overdrawn, I square off. You know my dice rolls after that weren't particularly great. I squared off a couple times against some other guys um, with the iguana, uh, and it kind of just sits over there. And yeah. then you were like,
2: like a millimeter away from my repeater bot over there, and I'm <laughs> like, dang it! If I was just a little bit closer, yeah. we yeah. could solve this. But no,
1: yeah. So you know, I try to move into my group two, and because he's got and Who's in a fire team, but he's like up, you know, kind of getting close, and I move a uh, a um, uh, pathfinder up, kind th- of oh, because it's got the repeater, mm-hmm. and I try to hack him, and he counter punches my securitat hacker and explodes my head, and that's like my first turn. Oof. So now it flips over to him. Um, I've, I've taken out the overdrawn. I've taken out the ability to bring it back. His next like big heavy attack piece is Norkius, and he's in that repeater. So he's trying to deal with it and yeah. he's going, yeah. And you go after uh, yeah because decided, she's, she's the obvious one. Like, yeah, I can move this
2: guy up, um, yep. activate Norkius, and try and hack out, hack out, uh, Lakshmi. Norkius yes. is pretty good. He's whip 15. I know you got a firewall, but then yeah. and, and Lakshmi, I think, has zero BTS, or three? She's, BTS she's low, three. right? Yeah, yeah, she's low. Yeah. She's
1: so. three. Uh, but she has whip 14, Um, so she hits you back with uh, Oblivion. Yeah, and fucking nails him. At the same time that my zero killer hacker reveals and goes and hits with <laughs> yeah. Trinity as well. So now, like, Norkius is basically just sitting there. And uh, you're able to move... Like uh, I really thought it was a great play with your um, Q drone, uh, plasma rifle Q drone, moving that up because that's what got you your couple of points is uh, taking out one of the HVTs, um, coming up and squaring off against some stuff with that um, because that was kind of like your one of your options there without like really risking your lieutenant. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it kind of with losing those other pieces, it felt like really blunted your your ability to Yeah, and to there strike. were a lot of like, there were a
2: lot of times where, so I brought up the Q drone, right, mm-hmm. to come up and, you know, all right, I'm on plan C now. Yeah, it's rough and um, bring up the Q drone and he just lost so many face to faces against against your your models. It was like well, against the HVT, no less. (laughs) Yeah, it was against the HVT. It was against the Pathfinder bot, which granted, like the Pathfinder bots, you know, he's got marksmanship. He's good. Right. And then it was against the uh, zero killer hacker. I was like, I shoot him and you're like, I don't care. I eat you. And I'm like, yay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then yeah, um, awesome. it flips back to me, and you know, norkius is is still bricked, um, and so the zero just just goes into him and takes him off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So at that point, like your options, where you kind of had to start moving out your uh, Suryats and stuff to try to deal with me, and the the odds were not
3: working were not for good, you. But yeah, they just, they just
1: yeah, and I started knocking guys down. Uh, so the game ends up. Um, uh, Ten to two, uh, win for me, and I had two hundred and thirty-seven points to your like four. Because <laughs> I think two. you had what uh, Oh, yeah, uh, you, know, you no. had the net rod. So it was six. It was six points. Yes. Yeah, you had you had the imatron left hi- hiding in a corner. It was in the perfect spot where I would never be able to get to it because there's yeah. this little courtyard in a building that was completely closed off, and he managed to land it in there. It was fantastic. Yes. But <laughs> um, the game swung super hard. Um, just because I was able to, to isolate and eliminate those key pieces.
2: They're getting, I think one of the important things to note here is learning from your experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you've played against the list before, so you have a bit of an edge coming into it and you know that you need to get rid of Dr. Worm. And if uh, like, I'm pretty sure both of us have agree that if mm-hmm. you didn't kill Dr. Worm, the, the game would be much harder for you. Right. Oh yeah. So because so great. you had a
1: helper bot right there to be able to bring the overdrawn back up, and now that thing's going after whoever I've got out there. It's going to be a way different game, and I know this because I we, we played this yeah, out last year. <laughs> um, right. So I was I was very pleased to be able to kind of take care of that and move on. Now, like obviously, Colorado doesn't like to play Colorado, especially like end rounds of the tournament because we want everybody to do good and we want to get high rankings but if it has to happen uh you're always one of my first choices to be somebody to play (laughs) it's good fun and yeah i I want to. game
2: i don't ever want to stop you from succeeding and i want to play people i don't normally play
1: yeah that's the other side we don't want to play other people we Mm -hmm. play each other regularly so um but yeah end of the tournament um i ended up placing seventh Woo-hoo! Mm-hmm. Which and that's is amazing highest, that's yeah, awesome that I've placed at uh, one of the major tournaments so uh, that's a new personal best and with foreign company in no the OLS kind of feeling vindicated right on the, oh, yeah. the the back end of Bruno <laughs> taking Adepticon um, with people going really foreign company it's like he it so can bad. be very good uh, and I think between <laughs> yeah. Bruno and myself we've kind of checked because my list looked nothing like Bruno's did absolutely nothing in common like maybe a, one or two models bulls. Yeah, I, I had one bolt, he had five. <laughs> you That's know? So many bolts. Like so I said, like our list looked just like so dissimilar. Um and then because of that ranking, I also took uh best uh, NA2 player of the tournament. Nice. Um so what Salt Lake likes to do is they like to do uh, best in faction. Uh so there's like they they do a lot of awards. So there's best in faction, best painted, um, on top of the rankings. So uh I unfortunately did not get my stuff painted, had a lot going on, so I did not enter that, but I got best in faction, best in faction for, uh, p- uh, performance for NA2. And I was pretty, pretty happy with that.
2: Yeah. And what place yeah. did you take Devin? You took pretty uh, high. I was,
0: I was 13th. So I got my, my optimistic goal of top quarter. Uh, so I was in the top 25% at 13th place. Uh, I won best painted nomad player, which was really cool. Cause, uh, it's been fun to paint those guys over the last was really good you know, while yeah. So, yeah thank you.
2: And you had to compete but, with uh Don's stuff, which is also very mm-hmm. good.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's done a great job on his stuff. Um I think my favorite thing wasn't a specific uh award per se, but when I ended the tournament, uh three of the five people that I had played said I was the most fun game they had during the event, which Pretty felt awesome. really good. So yeah, because I everyone was great that I played with. Everybody, I felt like, you know, we had a, we had a good time. We had interesting games, you know, it was, it was fun and tense, but not, you know, not in like a a stressful way, just kind of like, oh, what's going to happen sort of way. So that was super, super cool. I was really thrilled to hear that. And everybody was great. I got to play. Everyone I played was new to me. I I met, you know, first time I'm meeting any of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really cool. That's awesome.
2: And then I, uh, I totally flubbed my goal, and I took 24th. Let's go. A little disappointed, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. it's fine. It's fine. The I also I want to say that like t- while we're talking about positions, Colorado did very well. We took home the state's trophy, which is yep. very mm-hmm. nice. We did it, and we took we had Josh taking fifth, and then uh, Ian taking seventh, and I think. Devin, Devin taking thirteenth was the top, yep. the top three to really bring that in, and then so, like um,
1: we had for people that don't know. Uh, there's a thing that we do in the four corners tournaments uh, where we go for where we also give awards for best state. Um, so the best state overall was um, basically like the New England area because uh, they all kind of banded together because there's only a couple of them. But amongst it's important amongst the four corners states specifically because we have a rivalry. There's a trophy, and uh, they ta- it's basically taking the uh, combined scores of the top three players from each state, and then uh, combining them up, and then seeing who which state has the highest performance. And uh, we were able to to get take the trophy this time around. Uh, we'll see if uh, Utah or Arizona uh, is going to be able to take that back from us at the Krug.
2: <laughs> the answer I is see. no. <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> Didn't happen
0: last year. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a great time. But uh before we get into our final thoughts, just want to take an aside and say thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, we really appreciate all of your support and how uh, you kinda help keep us going with equipment and special projects and other other support that you give for the show. Um, as we've said before, all of your support goes straight into the show. It doesn't go into any of our pockets or anything like that. So if that's something that you're interested in and want to take a look at uh, joining in financially supporting the show, if you're willing and able, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash metachemistry and you get some cool benefits with that. Uh, you can get these episodes early. Uh, so we have an early release schedule, so you get that a week ahead of time. Uh, we also have some Patreon-specific channels in our Discord, uh, so you can hang out in there. And speaking of Discord, we'd love to have you by. Uh, that's a great place to talk infinity of all kinds, whether it's you know hobbying, you know, looking at Snowball's latest Sonic table. Since I've been informed that this is going to be a series, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know all the cool painting projects people are working on, people discussing lists, talking about starting new factions, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, news and all sorts of infinity goodness. So if you are looking for more places to talk infinity, that's a good one to do it. But with that said, Azoka, Ian, any final thoughts on the experiences at SLS? Uh, Ian?
1: Yeah, uh, it's just... Such a fun time. Uh, the Utah crew does, honestly, just one of the best tournaments you could ever go to. So if you ever get a chance to make it out to a showdown, uh, please go. It's just a blast of a time. Everybody's really cool. And uh, yeah, it was also really cool to uh, have several of the players there come out and introduce themselves to us. So, uh, you know, like was it at the uh, the Ice House the night before uh, as Bill Fenton came over and spent... I mean, it had to be over an hour just chatting with us, uh, you know, on the podcast stuff and sharing a beer and everything. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. On my
2: my final thoughts, I really just want to say thank you to everybody who showed up to the attorney from out of state that, you know, even though it isn't our tourney, uh all of you guys who showed up and said hi. That was great. That was really awesome to see just the community and how just be reminded, even though we all know. That's just so good. Such a, such a good community.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was great to meet so many people in person. Kind of, again, this has been my first event out since being a part of this show. And it was kind of surreal. Uh, just kind of saying hi to everybody. And like, oh, yeah, of course. You you know things that I think about the game and stuff that I talk about the game. But like I haven't got a chance to meet you yet. So it's, you know. It is definitely kind of a, a strange feeling, but a good one overall. But it's always nice to know that, you know, they're, you guys are out there listening. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. I know there's always, there's always something else vying for our time. So those of you that take the time to listen to our episodes, we're so grateful for that. Because sometimes it can be difficult to tell. We're just talking to each other here and not <laughs> sure, sure what it's either. like on the- Right, not sure what it's like on the outside. But yeah, that was really awesome. I thought that was a lot of fun to uh meet people like, Oh, that's you. Like, that's not what I thought you'd look like. like
3: yep, that checks <laughs> And out. receiving that too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was a great event. Uh, you know, if if you have the opportunity to go to a larger event like this, I would highly recommend you go, whether, you know. Even if you wouldn't consider yourself the competitive type, some of the best times I had, uh, well all the games were great, I really enjoyed all of the after hours events. Uh, I mean, I say events, it was mostly going out and eating and drinking. But, uh, you know, hanging out with everybody outside of the game and having that camaraderie of having gone through these games and kind of the ups and downs as we were placing throughout the tournament and whatnot, it was a really great time. So if you get a chance to do something similar, try it out. You might be surprised.
3: But with that, this has been Devin. Azoka, And Ian. And that's the meta.